I'm Jess Stokes Parish, and you're listening to Simulcast. So, welcome to Simulcast. I'm Victoria Brazel, and I'm joined again by Ben Simon. But it's not the Journal Club. Ben, how are you? I am good, and I'm very excited to talk about our project today. This has been a long time running, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with everyone. Absolutely. So, this episode is a short promo slash explanation of the very exciting thing that Ben has been leading and working on with the help of others, our self-development simulation modules. So, uh, and just for people right up front, if you want to access these, and they are fantastic, that's at the Simulcast website, so www.simulationpodcast.com, and there's a little header at the top, which is the self-development modules for those of you who want to think about how to enhance your professional development and learning. But let's talk about them, Ben. First of all, maybe a why question. What was the motivation for this project? Yeah, so there were lots of different motivations, but the big ones for me was really one that I was really humbled and inspired by Mike Megadishian, Komal Bajaj and Katie Walker's paper last year entitled Fundamental Underpinnings of Simulation Education, describing a four-component instructional and design approach to healthcare simulation fellowships. And basically that paper, uh, we covered it in the journal club, but it outlined a simulation curriculum that looked really solid. And it really forced me to reflect on the fairly haphazard way that I was managing professional development in my own service. And I didn't feel like our sim fellows were necessarily all graduating from that program with a very clear or consistent understanding of sim. And I didn't think it was nearly as comprehensive as the work that Mike and his colleagues were doing. I was really kind of often relying on individual passions and individual interests to get people through any sort of reading. So I wanted more curricular consistency in our own program. And then secondly, potentially most importantly, Vic, is that I really do feel like the most valuable professional development that I've ever had has been our relationship. Um, and there's, there's so much power in that simple discipline of reading something each month and taking the time to discuss it with a friend. And I really wanted to share that experience with more people because I think we really undervalue that. We often think of professional development as being, you know, sinking thousands of dollars into a course or a conference. And the reality is that for many of our colleagues, it's actually out of financial or geographical reach for a lot of educators. And there's so much we can do just by looking at what's already out there and freely available for us. And so I wrote the sort of first module on psych safety. And when I looked at that, I thought, mm, surely there's other sim services that could use this. And fortunately, we've made a few friends through Simulcast over the years who agreed to jump on board and really help us out. Fantastic. Well, that's a really interesting rationale. And I, and I think uh, I would totally endorse what you're saying. So much peer learning in uh, the time that we spend together and with others as well. And there's nothing quite like trying to tease out an idea with someone else. Because I think in response to the challenge that you describe so well, a lot of us are just inclined to say, oh, here's a reading list and put it up on our uh, institutional website or SharePoint site and say, here you go, read all that stuff and you'll be fine. Whereas I think you're taking it to the next level, which is a nice segue into sort of saying, well, you better tell us what these modules actually are, what they look like, and uh, and then how you hope people might use them. Yeah, great. So, um, look, basically the brief that we gave the development team was that we wanted an open access PDF file that guided them through critical papers podcasts and online tutorials to understand an important simulation topic. So it wasn't to reinvent resources. It was really to link people to resources that were already there, but to do it in a way that was approachable, 
uh, and uh, in particularly affordable. So the goal was really that they'd be appealing enough for an individual who's driving their own sim development, but that you could also do these exercises with a friend over coffee or in the car driving back from a course or in a workshop or a training day. So like for us at Stork, we're often completely spread out across the state and we might all be in the same room maybe eight times a year. So I wanted something where we could work together, but asynchronously, you know, in a hotel room or driving back on the car, listening to a podcast together, that would increase your understanding of a particular SIM topic. And we utilized uh, Mike's curriculum to inform the first 10 modules in particular. And so the development team really rose to that challenge. So we assembled a network of SIM fellows and experts from around the world, uh, and they volunteered their time to create these downloadable open access modules. Um, each is designed to be self-directed and they go from foundational knowledge to sometimes quite advanced and in-depth concepts. So you don't have to finish each module if it starts getting too cerebral for you. You can just pick the level of depth that suits you uh, and, and that you enjoy it. So for example, in our psych safety module, we really start with those important building blocks like Jenny Rudolph's paper on establishing a safe container for learning. But by the end of the module, we're really sort of teasing out some pretty complex stuff about how to build, maintain, and repair psych safety uh, and exploring your most recent work with Eve on the realities of psych safety in the workplace and that it's not necessarily as safe as we think. So they're kind of designed to go as shallow or deep as you like um, so that they suit the most amount of people properly, uh, most amount of people possible. Yeah, and I think that's a really inspired design. And I'm just looking at another one here, and this is on curriculum design from Felicia Hercules uh, at Harlem Hospital, part of the New York Hospitals and Healthcare System. And there's a nice little overview, and then it just starts with exercise. What's all the fuss about? And gives you a paper to read and then says, ask yourself, what benefits have you seen? Ask a colleague some thorny questions. So it really gets people into a thinking and processing mode, not just a here's some passive stuff to absorb. And then it does, as you say, gets a little deeper, getting started on human steps of film design. And once again, here's a resource that's a podcast, but here's some prompt questions for discussion um, with your uh, peer that you might be working through this uh, module with. So you clearly could do it on your own, but you can see the value in actually having some questions posed for you to discuss. Uh, and again, I, the thing that I think is really um, lovely here and, and kudos to Felicia in this module, you know, it's not a dump of here's 4,000 words about curriculum in SIM. It's not a, a paper to read. It is a process to go through. So congratulations on the design. Yeah, Felicia did a beautiful job of just curating really core foundational concepts and guiding you through in a very approachable, sort of non-threatening way. It's such a lovely introduction to that topic, and we're very grateful that she came along. Mm. Yeah, well, that's probably a nice segue into, I think, one of the really interesting parts of this, no doubt one of the challenges as well as one of the really rewarding things is that instead of just doing it all yourself, you deliberately went out and found simulation fellows across the world who you thought might be able to to add to this um, module set and uh, then took the unenviable task of herding the cats through the process. How was that? It was amazing, actually. Uh, so certainly some lessons learned, but we were really, really privileged. And I think what I learned from Simulcast Journal Club many years ago when we were doing it in the blog and podcast podcast format was just how generous simulation educators and experts around the world have been 
with their time and how willing they are to help people learn new concepts. And so I was really lucky to sort of harness some of those relationships that we've built up over that time uh, to access a number of simulation fellows as well as some experts at both the development and the review stage. So for our first batch that we've just released, we've had teams from Gold Coast University Hospital, Harlem Hospital, Children's Health Queensland and Bonn University. And in our next batch, we've got teams from NYSIM, Stanford University, Logan Hospital and Gandell Simulation Service in Melbourne. And we've also been lucky enough to have friends like Albert Chan from the Chinese University of Hong Kong and Susan Ella from Stanford kindly participate in the review process as well. So can't express enough gratitude to all of the teams that came along. One of the goals or the hidden curricula, I guess, was to try and cross-pollinate those fellows as well, uh, because I think we often um, sort of indulge in some self-replication in our individual simulation programs and people graduate, you know, believing that the way to do sim is the way they've seen their experts in their service. So there was a little hidden agenda of trying to cross-pollinate. So for each module, uh, development team i paired them with another development team ideally further away or a team that would be potentially different or have a different perspective than they did and they were tasked with the goal of touching base reviewing each other's module uh, meeting each other face to face i was hoping to build some relationships there and giving each other feedback before they submitted it to me or another reviewer and getting some feedback from them as well and that was a really lovely process i did learn some stuff about the fine art of gentle nudging without uh breaking people who are very busy and uh doing things for you for free uh but um it was quite a phenomenal process to just see this team come together and say yeah we're going to do this and bring out a really beautiful project that i'm looking forward to releasing the next batch as soon as we can yeah fantastic and uh you description there such meta level education ben congratulations uh, thinking about all <laughs> those processes and your medium really being the message as well and uh, just as i look on the website as you say we've already got those ones up on curriculum development into professional education uh three topics on simulation theory psych safety simulated patient methodology and simulation research and then we've got others that you say yet to come difficult debriefing conversations debriefing structures debriefing questions translational simulation equity diversity and inclusion clinical event debriefing so this is a tour de force ben congratulations uh, and that was a nice little reminder of course these are free and open access uh, and what we hope of course is that it might also trigger some uh, not just conversations in the moment but if people have got additional thoughts that they want to put um, up on the online conversations that's also uh, very welcoming well, Ben, uh, congratulations again. And just for those who are listening, this is uh, simulationpodcast.com. Go to the uh, header self-development modules, more to come. Uh, I guess finally, Ben, are there any little personal learning things you wanted to reflect on other than the collaboration? Were there some pearls that you actually picked up in your own simulation uh, self-development? Uh, def definitely, but they were um, very much at that sort of meta level now. So, um, get your prototype as perfect as possible mm -hmm. before you lease it will save you a lot of time in the editing stage. So I didn't make a prototype for the referencing style. Mm -hmm. So that cost me many hours later at the review stage of making sure we were consistent with our referencing through it. Um, and I remember we were reading that uh, paper about the really awesome um, 
African neonatal resus uh, app that was designed. Yes. I think it was the NICE app. Um, and they talked about the emphasis of making sure that you have established one digital communication medium to work through. Uh, and while I tried to do that well, I didn't realize there were a few bugs in my Dropbox that meant that actually created some barriers to communication. So getting that system of collaboration working really smoothly before uh, you start collaborating is a really important thing that I learned. Mm, good but, to know. Uh, mostly just learn that people are incredibly passionate and will do a lot of work for free if it's something they care about and I really appreciate it. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, they are good lessons and I know a lot of people in the SIM community building online modules. So that is also a timely reflection, I think. All right, well, before we go, also just a reminder, as we said in our last uh, General Club, we've got the Simulation Reconnect event coming up on the 16th of November at Bond University. Uh, registrations for that will open uh, in early August, but mark the date and keep an eye on our website on Twitter. And if you are on our mailing list, um, we'll, we'll send you that uh, registration link directly. All right, Ben, well, have a happy weekend and we'll look forward to talking again in the next General Club. Yeah, fantastic. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Simulcast. 